0: Game. blouses gallant check disaster I
1: forget the...
0: disaster
1: well oh, I mean I'm no doctor
0: we now join America's most popular show already in progress
1: everybody loves
0: Mitch and Sean you guys are the greatest duo
1: hoo, 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 it's ever-
0: fantastic!
1: And welcome to a season opening edition of the uh, Post Game Pints podcast. That's right, at the uh, filming and uh, recording of this podcast, we are two sleeps away from the NHL season beginning. My name's Mitch Gallo with Sean Campbell, and uh, as you can see by the beer open, we are brought to you by LeBros. And I think for the first time in a while, Campbell and I are drinking the same beer,
0: the same beer, and it's your beer. And my beer, (laughs) the Campbell Gallo, check it out at LaBras 133, LeBros in Pointe, Claire. It's uh, your favorite Campbell play-by-play ale with the Angry Gallo Ale. We took the best elements of both of them, put them into one beer, and it's pretty outstanding. I am in love with this beer uh, that uh, you and I have come up with, along with uh, Dan and Alex and everybody down at LaBrosse and uh, I encourage you to go check it out and pick it up and uh, support your local business and support your local podcast here on the Post Game Pints podcast because uh, this is this is really good. I mean, well, Tom, I know they, they, they to... did. no, they didn't. No, just gonna say they didn't just slap our names on top of a can of a beer that they already owned. They they thought about who we were, and this is uh, this is this beer was specifically made for
1: us and for the podcast. Well, you got uh, the three beers uh, behind you. And I have to say the middle one is my favorite, and it's not even close. (laughs) The flavors and the taste of this beer, outstanding. And I'm not just saying that because it has our names on it. It is, in my opinion, the greatest thing that LaBrasse has yet to, uh, to produce. So check out the Campbell Gallo Coffee IPA. It is amazing. Yeah.
0: It's pretty amazing. Uh, Mitch, will the Canadians be amazing? Uh, I think that's a big question because we're just a couple nights away from the Canadian season opening against Toronto on the road and then in uh, Buffalo. And they announced their 23-man roster. They sent Caden Gooley down. There was talk that he might start the season. They know the plan was to go back to junior, but they weren't sure about the health of some of their defensemen, of course, Joel Edmondson and Sammy Niku, who they've picked up. Uh, they weren't sure if they were ready. They're not going to be ready. The Canadians have decided to go with 15 forwards, six defense, and two goalies for their 23-man roster and a whole lot of people on the IR and long-term injuries. Not the roster that the Canadians plan to have on game one. Training camp had something to say about that. But what do you think
1: of this 23-man roster that they're starting with for the
0: 21, 22 season.
1: Well, I mean, the thing that's striking right off the bat is the fact that they only have six defensemen. I can't recall a time when they ever did that. And to me, that means this is very short term. And as soon as Edmondson or Niku are available, uh, they are going to be put down. They're going to be put on the roster. And then somebody else up front is going to go down because you don't need 15 forwards around. Mm -hmm. You don't need three guys sitting upstairs and certainly when you look at the schedule in, uh, in week three, uh, they play in Seattle, in San Jose, in Anaheim, and in L.A. You're not traveling out west with only six defensemen. Because if you lose one or two while you're out there, you could be stuck in a game where you only have four defensemen playing. So uh, to me, the 23-man roster, this is what we will see opening night. But it's not a long-term thing. You can't carry only a uh, six defensemen. Uh, so uh, that, that's the one thing that, uh, that stands out. And then as far as uh, up front, I mean, clearly the Canadians feel like they need to create more of a competition at centre because they go out and they make a waiver claim. Adam Brooks uh, from Toronto, waiver claim he has to be on the uh, roster uh, to start for the first two weeks uh, after uh, being claimed by a team. And Sean, I've seen the guy play. He's OK. I don't think he's a difference maker, but I think he's very much in competition from one of the top first center slots on the Canadians. Yeah, I I, I think
0: that the the Brooks thing is just because they haven't been impressed with Palin. And I know we're going to get into Ryan Palin. I've seen a lot of Adam Brooks at the AHL level with the Marlies. And I know that he's gotten his, uh, you know, sniff with the Toronto Maple Leafs. And he's he's done a couple of good things. I never minded him. Uh, and, you know, in the AHL, he was a quality player, just like Ryan Palin, quality player. But I think that this is just that they wanted a center iceman. They wanted a guy that they're not sure what's happening with Paquette. The last practice, he was on the wing and Perot was still down the middle. So uh, I don't know if he's competing, in, you know, with the uh, Suzuki's and Dvorak's and Evans, but he's definitely competing with the Paquette's, Perrault's and Palings for a center ice position on this team. So I think that's what I saw. And I think that they're just biding their time the moment that Niku gets the clearance after his concussion. If he gets the green light to be the seventh defenseman, at least, then it's Belzell or Palin that are going right to Laval.
1: Yeah, and you know what? As soon as that waiver claimed happened, I'm sure Ryan Paling thought to himself like, ah, shit, <laughs> that, was, uh, that was my spot that I could lose to this player coming in. If he had
0: a better training cap, there, it's, and, and, and why don't we just jump to Brian Paling? No, here. They, if, he,
1: look Paling, uh, and I just want to say one more thing about uh, Brooks before we get on to Paling. But Paling forced the Canadians to do this, and we'll get to that in a second. Yeah, uh, but just with Brooks, I, I I disagree with one thing that you said. I think obviously Suzuki and uh, Devorah. Devorah are in their spots, but I could see him challenging uh, Evans for ice time and for that third spot. Uh, watching Brooks, I think. Evans might be a better player defensively, but Brooks is a little bit quicker and has maybe a bit more flair for the offense. So if you're looking at a line down the road, Hoffman and Gallagher, for instance, as the two wingers, Brooks might facilitate offense a little bit more than Evans than those two guys. So maybe uh, Brooks plays a little bit higher in the lineup or uh, a few more minutes per game than Evans, and then Evans can be in that typical uh, shutdown role.
0: Yeah, if you and then you, you're you're kind of sitting in that pretty spot, and I think the Canadians would love that everything works out. Say that works out that you can put out a fourth line of Lekkinen, Evans, Armia. That's what the Canadians want. That's you know as much as they have Perot and Paquette and, and Belzile. What the Canadians want is Evans, Armia, and Lekanen as a fourth line because you have yeah. a couple of players that may be playing higher up in the lineup but injuries have forced them to do something else. Now, I'm with you that there's more offense with, uh, with, with Adam Brooks, but here's the thing. I will not shy away from saying this, and I've always said this about Jake Evans. He has more offense than you think. He's been typecast as a defensive guy because that's what he's good at. But every single time that he has played with offensive players, he can play with them. It's not out of his realm it's a little bit and i'm not i don't even want to compare cuz it may be unfair with philip Deneau. philip Deneau has the ability to play with offensive players and he still put up okay numbers. He's not an offensive player. His bread and butter is his defense. But you're not you're you're still going to be okay with him playing with a Tatar and a Gallagher. Evans is very similar to that. Now he's just starting his NHL journey even at tw- age 25. So I'm, I think that they're really going to give him the opportunity to be with Gallagher and maybe a Hoffman first, a Gallagher and an Armia to start. And if that chemistry hits and in the preseason, one of my favorite lines, the games that they played together was Armia Gallagher and Evans. And I like that, but he does have offensive touch when he's with offensive players, but I'm curious being his first full-time gig in the NHL, he might be like defense, first defense, first defense, first, and we won't see those numbers. So I'm curious how that's going to play out, but I do think that Evans is going to get first crack. And if he falters or if everybody gets healthy, we'll go into that scenario that you, you were talking about. Let's go to Palin uh, here on the Post Game Pines podcast. Ryan Paling's training camp. We both think that if he had a good training camp, the thing is don't pick up Adam
1: Brooks. They don't because uh, no, they he don't. don't have that uh, Ryan Paling showed that he's not ready for the NHL. Ryan Paling showed that he is currently an American Hockey League player. And I think what's most disappointing is, you know, it's one thing for veteran players to go through training camp and go through the motions and not want to get hurt. But when you're in a position where you're trying to earn a spot, you want to see that guy run through a wall. You want to see him show some kind of emotion. And to me, Paling really didn't show much. Mm -hmm. Now, look, you've seen the guy play a lot more than me. So you know what his strengths and weaknesses are having watched him play at the pro level. I just watching him in the preseason. I did not see an NHL player right now. And there was a job. There was a job. It was his for the taking. And he did not grab the bulls by the, he did not grab the bull by the horns and, and go with it. He, he failed. He, He, he lost out on his lifelong dream of making the Canadians on opening night in my mind. Now, look, maybe he's still there. Maybe, maybe they go with him over Brooks and give him one shot in an NHL game. Mm-hmm. I'd be surprised since opening night is against the Leafs. And I think you want to put the player who was just on that team in the lineup for that first game. Uh, but uh, I, I'm just very disappointed by what we saw from paling in camp.
0: Yeah. They might not, either of them might not even play because it might be Perot, Paquette, and Lacken on that fourth line and, and, and how they're going to start. So they have 15 forwards to choose from. Uh, so it's not, you know, perfect for anybody but when you get that opportunity you're gonna to have to show what you can do in practice and and show that you know you're not bothered that another guy is coming in but it's gonna be really hard for them to get in the lineup because I think they're just waiting for a defenseman to get healthy before they send someone down and you may even be sent down in the organization's mind just waiting before like you said that road trip out to the west coast there's no way they're not going out there with seven defensemen and, and here's the thing with Ryan Palin, I told you I've watched him tons in Laval and I know exactly the player he was I did not see once in the preseason the, the, the Ryan Palin that I saw with the AHL Laval Rocket. And that's the thing. Preseason is AHL. Half the players are AHL players. And not once did I see him play like he did with the Laval Rocket last year. I don't know if he's trying to deal with his injury. I don't know if he's thinking too much or he's underthinking. However you want to put it. Uh, they're just He just seemed a little bit off. And, and the, here's the thing. There's a reason why Alex Bel- Belzil is still out there. Yeah, he'll make mistakes and he doesn't, you know, maybe skate at the NHL level. He's 30 years old, journeyman, ECHL, AHL. But every time he's out there on the ice, he's a tough out. It's going to work hard. He's going to be in your grill. He's going to be, uh, you know, doing his best. And then it's the same thing. Arturi Leckin in plays for the Canadians because he's a tough out. Jake Evans has earned his spot on the Canadians because he's a tough out. Every time he's on the ice, you have to grind past him to get past towards the defense, towards the goalie. Ryan Palin hasn't been a tough out when he plays in the NHL. And I think that's the, that's the thing. He has to be just tougher overall on the defensive side. I think they see the offensive, they see the skating, they see the size, but he's not a tough out right now. And I don't know if it's mental or it's just that big leap from the AHL to the NHL. It's not happening for him.
1: All right. Uh, next, how do the Canadians cope without Carey Price?
0: And in and, an indefinite and period of time. Mitch, to me, Two weeks ago, three weeks ago, I felt a certain way about the Canadians, even with the injuries to, to Hoffman, to Edmondson. Uh, Caulfield missed a week and then he was back and then he was good. Um, you know, I knew about Weber and Byron long-term. I felt a certain way about the Canadians, heading in the right direction, still with the right pieces, good leadership. But the base of all of that was Carey Price and Jake Allen for a whole season. The tandem, they seemed to be perfectly work the, the risk-reward of, of the Seattle Kraken keeping Carey Price so you didn't lose Jake Allen. I thought that was genius. Only after the fact, I thought it was genius that they were going to move forward with those two bullets. Now, look, in a month's time, they might be together and everything changes. But the fact is, I don't know if it's going to be 30 days, 60 days, 90 days, or a year that Carey Price is gone. That's fine. I don't need to know. But it made me change how I thought about the Canadians. I think completely different when I look at the Canadians' roster, when there's a Carey Price on it, and when there's a carry price off it and that, and that might be just six points in the standings or, you know, five, but that might be the difference from fourth place to sixth place from third place to fifth place in this Atlantic division. So I feel completely different about the Canadians and not
1: in a good way. The fact that carry isn't on the roster. So if I don't, I feel the same way about the Canadians with and without carry price. Um, Look, you're right. We don't know how long he's going to be out. So because of that, we have to pretend that he's going to be out all season. Maybe yeah, that's how I'm to... taking that. Yeah, that's yeah, well, you thinking. Have, you, you have to, yeah. because you don't know. It's it's an indefinite period of time. He could, he could be a trade deadline acquisition. He could be back in November. I don't know when he's going to be back, so I'm going to pretend like he's not here. And then if he joins the Canadians at some point, good. I think Carey Price is a very good goalie. But you also know I don't put a ton of stock into that position, and I don't think that's an important position because, to me, the difference between the best goalie in the league and the 15th best goalie in the league is not very big, especially statistically. Now, I also look to statistics when it comes to Kerry Price. When is the last time he was an impact player during the regular season? Look, he was phenomenal in the playoffs last year, and he's a big reason why they went to the Stanley Cup final. But when is the last time, statistically, Kerry Price had – a consistent, solid, regular season. I can't remember. Certainly not any time in the last three years. So if Jake Allen matches what Price has done statistically during the regular season over the past three years, which I think is perfectly possible, uh, the Canadian should be fine. So that's why yeah. I, I understand See, that's, the name, know I, 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 I everything no, I like forget, that. Yeah. I just don't think it's a big deal.
0: Yeah, but here's the thing. There's a difference here, okay? I know that Jake Allen did it for a month, and I know that Jake Allen could do it. But now you're asking Jake Allen to do it, what? Let's, if we're going on the premise that he's gone for the year, 60 to 65 times. In a but he season. can do 914
1: save percentage or whatever price was posting?
0: 65 times, I'm not sure. But here's the plan the plan was that Carrie Price was going to play 50 and Jake Allen's going to play probably 32. It was going to be that close. It was going to be a good mix. It wasn't just back to backs and carry Price the load the whole way we know how the Canadians were about to play this Carey Price, Jake Allen duo, which is probably best of the most world because you get the most out of Jake Allen in those 32, because I'm with you. He can put a 914, 915, 916, and carry Price at 50 is much better than carry Price at 65. But now that Carey Price is gone, and that duo and that tandem, I put it in the top five of the league of carry Price, Jake Allen, because of the percentage. You go in a top five tandem in the league to now Allen and Montembo. To me, that tandem is outside the top thirty in the league. I don't. I don't like that tandem at all. I don't like the fact that Montebello is going to play twenty games. I don't like the fact that Montebello is going to play fifteen games. And I understand he's a young uh, goaltender trying to come into his own. That's not where the Canadians are right now. The Canadians were built around the tandem of Allen and Carey Price. They did everything in their power to make sure that they kept those two together. Now they're not. And that to me is going to make a big difference in the standings from six, seven, eight, nine, 10 points from yeah, what they could we'll, have had we'll, and what they don't. see. We'll see. The, we'll see I, I understand. We'll see. But I just don't think that Jake Allen 60 times is going to be beneficial to Jake Allen. I don't think Montebello 20 times is beneficial to Montebello. I think Montebello
1: is five times. and Jake Allen should be 35 times. And Carrie Price should be 50 times. However, you want to put it. I mean, now, now you are really getting ahead of yourself, though. No, but I'm
0: in the premise that he's not there. So it's made me change the way I think about the team. I thought they had one of the best goalie tandems. Now I don't think they do at all.
1: And I think it's the least important position. So it doesn't really change my mind that much. I think it's very important when you don't have Joel Edmondson or Shea Weber on your team. Well, Joel Edmondson, that's a short-term injury.
0: We think it was supposed to be a week and then it was two weeks and three weeks. And now it's a month. What if it's another month? Mitch, we don't know. He's not around. He's not there. It, it, and they're like, oh, it's not getting better. He goes on the ice, It gets worse. Is this going to nag him all year? Next thing you you're here. it's going to be surgery. He's out for months. He's not there. I'm looking at a team that doesn't have these players. I don't think they're as good as I thought they were going to be.
1: Yeah. Well, I think you were already higher on them than I was anyways, which brings us to our final topic today uh, on uh, pretty much the eve of the uh, regular season beginning. What is and who are the top four teams in the NHL's Atlantic division? Yeah, this is, uh,
0: this is interesting because how I felt a month ago was different than how I feel today. Um, but uh, why don't we go in order from a uh, top team? I'll give you my
1: top team. I think it's going to be the, the Florida way, Panthers. I think I think I'm going to surprise you here. Okay. If you there say Buffalo. Team. If you say team. Buffalo. <laughs> no, I'm not going to say Buffalo, but there is a team that everyone loves and I don't think it's as good as everybody thinks they are. Okay.
0: Maybe it's the Florida Panthers. I have them at number one. Okay. I have, well, I, I have the Florida Panthers at number one, and maybe that's the team that you have number five. And look, if you put them at number five, I kind of understand you. I kind of get it. Okay, uh, but uh, this year, I like, I like, I still like. I know that everybody's still up in the air about Bobrovsky. I like the the older guy, the younger guy. They don't have to do seventy games for Bobrovsky here. I like uh, their defense core. I like that they're getting healthy. I like the acquisitions they made up front. I'm a big fan of Huberdeau and Barkov. I think you know with their coaching and Quemville, they've kind of figured it out. I think this is the year that Florida takes control of the division because they're one of the few teams in the Atlantic that I think got
1: better. Well, I, I'm going to say the uh, the best team is the Tampa Bay Lightning, and that's a team that uh, was easy uh, easy to make the playoffs last year, and they did it all uh, without Nikita Kucherov. Now, without that toughness and what they had on the uh, third line last year, I think it might affect them come playoff time. But I think in the regular season, with the amount of offense that they have, this team's going to rule. And I know you love your goaltending position. You're going to look at a goaltending position. Uh, The Tampa Bay Lightning have, in my mind, the best starter in the league. So I'm going to say Tampa Bay number one, which brings me to number two, Campbell. I'm going to say the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs are the second best team in the division. I think that when you look at what the Leafs have done, it's the playoffs that give the Maple Leafs issues, not the regular season. They've rolled through regular seasons in Mm -hmm. recent years, and they are pretty much the same team with the top guys there, where other teams, I think, are declining, like Boston, who would compete with them in that spot. So I'm going to say Toronto is uh, the number two team in the Atlantic.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with Tampa Bay as number two. I can't drop them more more than that. Look, I agree with everything you said about Tampa, but they're not as good as they were last year. And I think you you made that point. They're not going to be as good – Maybe in the playoffs, they're back to back Stanley Cup champions, but they're not as good as they were last year. And I look at this division and the top teams who are still very good, including Toronto and Tampa Bay. You can look at Boston if you want. The Canadians made the Stanley Cup final. Of course, I all think that they all took a step back in the offseason. So I'm looking at the team that improved the most in Florida. Tampa Bay took a step back. They didn't take a step back where they're going to be in fourth or fifth or battling for a playoff spot. But they're going to take a step back to number two. And that's where I have them. So I'll move over to my number three. And my number three is the Toronto Maple Leafs. I probably had them lower with some of the moves that happened in this preseason. Um, I'm not as high on Toronto as you are. Uh, but I, I still think they're a good team. I still think that they have everything they, they need to make the playoffs. They're top heavy. They're not starting the season without Austin Matthews. I don't know if their goaltending improved in the offseason. And I didn't even like their goaltending last year. But I'm not sold on Mrazic. And I'm not sold on Campbell. And I hate a situation where your team doesn't know who your number one is. And I know uh, it doesn't bother.
1: Go- here we go with the goaltenders. No, again. no. But I know, it
0: I know it doesn't bother you. I hope by the time they hit the playoffs, it's not a question. I hope one of those two guys for their sake just takes it and runs with it. I know for the most part, it's going to be 30, 35 games each, and they're going to split. If someone goes up run, they're going to go. And they're both capable of doing that. But I hope for their sake in the playoffs, they're not in a series where they're questioning who they should start and goal. And I think that's always what has hurt them the most is because they never knew who the guy was. And I'm not a hundred percent sold on their blue line either. So I think they're going to be giving up a lot of goals. They'll put their goals up. They're going to make the playoffs, uh, but I'm just, I don't think they're as good as they were last year. And they lost in the first round last year, but they won the division, but it was a different division. I have them at number three.
1: All right. My, uh, my number three team is uh, the Montreal Canadians. I will go with uh, the Canadians in third place in this division. I think uh, there's a, there's, there's, there comes a time where we have to start showing them some respect because you go to last year and what everyone was saying about the Canadians. Don't tell me
0: that you know while that. they had just
1: you know they had just come off beating Pittsburgh and put up a pretty good fight against Philadelphia, and people were doubting them. You go to the playoffs last year; everyone thought they were going to lose to Toronto, myself included. Uh, they didn't. Everyone thought they were going to lose to Winnipeg. I believe you and I predicted the Winnipeg uh, Montreal beating Winnipeg, but most people had Winnipeg beating Montreal, everybody at Vegas, everybody had Vegas, beating Montreal, they beat them. So at some point we have to say, okay, i got to stop letting this team prove me wrong and let them prove me right. So for that, I'm going to say they end up in third place. Look, I like what they have uh, scoring wise. I think, I think they'll be able to score goals. Uh, I like what they have on the blue line. We'll see what the cross-checking rules and how that factors in. Ah, so Weber's Edmunds- not there. Weber's not there. Uh, you know, Edmondson, Sherratt uh, would like to uh, do a little cross-checky-checky. Uh, so does David Savard, actually. But I think that uh, the defense is fine. I think the goaltending will be average. And I think that's good enough to uh, to finish third in the division.
0: Well, I have them at fourth. And I had them at third. But I have them at fourth in the division. I know right now with all the injuries and the uncertainty of Carey Price, there's not a good positive feeling around a team that just made the Stanley Cup and and injuries that you lose your captain for the year, all that stuff. There's not a positive feeling, but it's also in the now. You mentioned Joel Edmondson like to come back, Hoffman going to come back. And if if it's a week or two, when you add up 82 games, it's actually not going to be that bad. And the other thing is, in the past, the Canadians lost a few of their key players to the Olympics. I think this might have the reverse effect. I don't know what the future of Kerry Price going to the Olympics or not, but if Kerry Price does go to the Olympics, but he comes back to play for the Canadians, I think that's huge for them because he's a guy that always plays well coming back from rest and not playing. But again, I don't know if he's going to be playing. I don't know. You know, their, their star player, Nick Suzuki, you look at the depth of Canada, probably not going to be on Team Canada. That probably be beneficial to a guy like Nick Suzuki. Cole Caulfield in his rookie year is likely not going to make Team USA. Who knows? He might have 30 goals and make the team. But he might get a month off right when rookies hit that wall. There's, I think the timing's worked out quite well for the Canadians. I have them at number four.
1: All right. And uh, so I'll finish with my number four. I, uh, I will reluctantly uh, put the Panthers uh, in this uh, spot, Sean. I'm not as high on the Panthers as everyone else seems to be. I think, uh, you know, Barkov is one of the best two-way players in the game. Jonathan Huberdeau is one of the most consistent point getters in the league. But other than that, I have a lot of question marks with this team. Um, You know how I compare it? Hold on. I just want to jump on Florida because I know
0: exactly what you're talking about. Okay. You know how I always compare Buffalo? Like I'll never pick them in the playoffs until they make the playoffs. It's a little bit with Florida. Everybody picks them in first but I always pick them in first until they're going to be in first. It's like the reverse Buffalo Sabres, (laughs) but I get all your hesitation around them because you can't back a team until they actually do something. They've never done something. So sorry to interrupt, but I know exactly what you're Uh, talking about.
1: And so I like, I like their top two players. You know, I like Ekblad as a defenseman. I think McKenzie Weger is maybe one of the more underrated guys in the league. Mm -hmm. Now take all those guys out of the equation And Sam Bennett, are we going to go on the 17 games he played with Florida last year and declare him a star because he was a fourth overall pick? Or are we going to take all the games he played in Calgary into consideration and try to even things out? You know, they go, they get Sam Reinhart. Okay. He's never been part of a winning program. What's he going to do in Florida? I look at some of the other guys, Anthony Duclair. He's bounced around on like six different teams, like their depth after their top guys and their blue line after the top two, I have I have I'm reluctant. Oh. Like like, who are we talking about after? Like Brandon Montour. Like, yeah. Again, another failed hey, Buffalo player.
0: They just picked U uh, Levy, who uh, up for Noah Julson, who's now in Vancouver. It's just they, it, it's just trying to find that depth was,
1: uh, in the guy. You know, Levy. I was big on him in his draft year. I'm surprised he hasn't been able to figure it out yet. Apparently, conditioning yeah. is a bit of an issue with that player. And even yeah, so, no, I always liked them too. You're precious a goaltending position. Yeah. Still Spencer Knight's going to be a rookie. Like, I yeah, I get the pedigree and the draft status. But this guy's what? He's going to play 50-something games? I don't and know. And Babrowski seems like he's done. Doesn't play well unless he has a John Tortorella shot blocking team in front of him. So I just – I don't know. I'm still picking them in fourth. So it's not like I'm trashing them completely. Kind of like you bumping the, the Maple Leafs down to three. It's not like you think the Leafs are awful. You just no. don't think they're as good as a lot of people think they are. And I don't think Florida's good as good as a lot of people think they are. And by the way, funny enough, and we'll finish here. Sounds like, unless I wasn't listening to you, which sometimes that happens, um, we both have Boston now. We both have the
0: exact same four teams in the top four, just at different spots. And neither of us have Boston. I'm sorry, if your goalie's line is Allmark. And maybe that's just the fact that you used to be a Sabre. It doesn't mean that you're a good goalie or a bad goalie, but you lose your tandem of. ask and lack and you're getting older and you lost some players I mean Boston's got a lot to prove to me I I'm I'm very very hesitant about them and and yeah they can probably stir the pot and be in the mix but there's something about the Bruins that I don't like I don't think they got better I thought they got worse I told you I thought a lot of these teams got worse I think a team like the Ottawa Senators got better better they better enough like Detroit I hope they got better Sabres, I don't think they got better. They're the only team, but you know, Detroit, Ottawa and Florida are probably the three teams I
1: thought got better and the rest got worse, but I still have those four teams at the top. And, uh, and Mark, my words, the, the biggest loss for Boston is not going to be Tuka or Yarrow. It's going to (laughs) be David Krejci.
0: Yeah, that was, that was a tough one. It just, it was just stability at the center ice position. Yeah.
1: All right, Sean, that's all the time we have on the postgame pints podcast, but as, as I always say, And don't forget to uh, click, listen, subscribe, comment. Uh, Unless you didn't like the show, then just uh, pretend like it never happened.
0: And uh, stay tuned because a lot of the five-minute post-game shows are going to be coming back starting on Wednesday night uh, right after the Canadiens opener in Toronto against the Leafs. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers.
1: Well, how's that for your entertainment value? They've done their job very, very well. No, no.